Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. All right, everybody. I am so excited to have one of my dearest friends since we just figured this out, 1993, uh, Monique Galassi with us, who is an LMT. Monique, what the hell is an LMT? It's a licensed massage therapist. <laughs> which means you, which means you really do what? <laughs> <laughs> which means according to New York State, I am able to rub lotion on people without killing them. No, I um a licensed massage therapist, so I have to I have to legally be licensed through the state in order to practice massage therapy. Okay. And you've been doing this for how long? Eight and a half years. All right. See, so we go back since 1994 and for the eight and a half or three, she's been 1993. I'm sorry. That first year was freshman year in high school. It was all a blur at the time. (laughs) It was, it was. So talk to me a little bit about this. Um, I have been to a massage therapist a few times. uh, But what I love about yours is that it has licensed massage therapists. How does that separate you from maybe people I see auntie or something different? Um, well, I guess it depends on region, to be honest. So here in New York State, we have one of the highest educational requirements for um, licensure. I think it's like New York State, Nebraska, um, in one or two other states in the country that require a minimum of a thousand hours of education in order to sit for your state board exam. Um, most other states in the country only require 750 hours of education. Wow. There's some that go as low as 500 and there are, I think a couple where it's still only like 250 hours. So in the state of New York, in order to legally practice massage therapy, you need to be licensed. Um, and, you know, pay them a bunch of money um, and do a bunch of continuing education, typical, right? right? Do, a bu- do a bunch of continuing education. Um, and if you're not seeing somebody who is licensed, then chances are you're just going to take a gamble on their knowledge. And you're going to potentially take a gamble on, I guess, your massage session getting raided by undercover cops, I guess. <laughs> always wanted to be famous, but probably not that way. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, if you've always wanted to show up on an episode of Cops with the bad boys theme, um, 
then no, that I would be the way to go. Um, but to legally practice um, massage therapy in the state of New York, you have to be licensed. And so what separates me from someone at like a spa, like a local spa, should be nothing. Even though okay. you're not going to somebody, a person in particular, because they're, they're already part of an agency, um, it's, you're, it doesn't matter if you're going to see, you know, Julia Smith, LMT, you're putting trust into the Del Monte or into the local establishment that they are adhering to and hiring licensed and credentialed individuals who will then be servicing their patrons. Okay. All right. So I've always been curious about that because I've frequented many a spas and always wondered, you know, they don't necessarily have their business card and their credentials right there. So is it safe for me to just assume like when I need a massage because my kids are driving me nuts, I call the place that has a time slot in the 30 seconds I have to get a massage. I'm hoping the person's mm -hmm. credentialed. Is that a safe assumption? It is a safe assumption in New York State. Outside of New York State, I can't speak to what other people do. And sometimes even within New York State, I mean, people, you should be able to walk into somebody's establishment or place of business and see that they have their license on display, that they have their state registration on display. Um, because if someone from the State Department were to come in, that would be a ding. Um, you know, you go to the, you go to the Wegmans pharmacy and you stand at the counter and you look up at the wall behind right. them and you see their licenses from the state and you see their registration from the state saying that they are, you know, approved and allowed to be practicing whatever their expertise is. So those are things that I look for, but I know to look for them. Most people don't care. And as long as they're not feeling violated or as long as they're not feeling harmed during their massage most people kind of care less they don't know what they don't know okay so as a busy mom of two how frequently uh -huh. should i be getting a massage <laughs> i feel like i'm uh, apartment. essentially you could get it daily oh, um i mean that's well that i mean that's the dream i mean let's just be honest i mean that's the dream um I'm going to have can to get into my house as well as that table with where I can put my face in the little hole. I'm going to need to like put yeah. it in my guest bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I think I have something that would work. Um, <laughs> it's, if, if it's, and, it, and here's the thing. People ask me that all the time, you know, like the frequency. Like how frequently should I receive massage? Well, the first thing I ask is, well, what's your goal in receiving massage? If your goal in receiving massage is just to relax and as a busy mom of two, to just kind of zone out and have somebody pamper you, chances are you're getting more of a relax relaxation style massage. Um, maybe with some firm to deep tissue, but you're not having somebody work on something specifically. You're more than likely having something full body done, in which case you could go as frequently as, you know, if, if it were affordable, like every other day or every day or once a week or twice a month or at least once a month. I say to most people, if you can, if you can afford twice a month, that's great. That would be optimal. If you can do every four to six weeks, that's fantastic. Um, 
you know, but there's contingencies. If you've got something specific that needs to be worked on or that's more of a concern, then, you know, people tend to fall into a different category. But if you just want your Kelgon moment take you away, right? I say to people every, I say to people every four to six weeks because it's, you know, even if you see, feel as though you're feeling good, it's good for the therapist that you're seeing to make sure that that's the case. And it's so funny for me because I feel like I never actually pay attention to this until I have the knot that's the size of a baseball in my shoulder, right? Or I can't turn my neck all yeah. the way to the left, which I always just say it's because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or I slept wrong or kids are driving me nuts or this, that, and the other thing. But for me, it's, it's never um, proactive. I'm always reactive in this space. And I'm sure... Uh-huh. Like when, when you and I got lunch a few weeks ago, we talked about posture and how important that is, right? And uh-huh. I don't probably sit the way I should, or, you know, I spend the majority of my time carting my kids around in my van. I probably say my posture is not the best there. So for me, it's not until like I have a horrible headache and I can't move my neck that I'm like, oh man, I need to go see someone. But to that point, I've missed the moment of being proactive. I'm now reactive. So well, in that in mind, like, is that, that's obviously not what you want to do, but what could I be doing to not get to that point aside from getting regular massages? Um, a lot of what I end up doing with people is kind of what you notice, teaching them to be more proactive versus reactive. Like the Western medicine system is fantastic in a lot of ways. However, when it comes to muscular skeletal issues, it's very reactive. Um, and unfortunately, as people growing up in this society, that's kind of how we're conditioned. And we don't know what we don't know. We don't feel as though it's necessary to address something until it gets to a point where it completely impacts our ability to do what we want to do. Um, and if that's not the case, then uh, we only seek help when the pain has gotten to a point where it's so nagging that that's the only thing that we can think about. Um, For most people, it comes down to mindfulness and it comes down to establishing a new habit. We take for granted the way that we move and, you know, we come out of the womb, we start walking, assuming everything's okay. And we don't really think twice about anything until something goes wrong. And then when something goes wrong, we're forced to re-examine the way in which we have moved for X number of years. And usually then, depending on the situation, we may have to revamp the way in which we've approached locomotion through our lives because the body is just no longer tolerant of it. Hmm. And that's how it gets. It gets pissy. It's almost so basic as that. I actually have a friend who hurt his back and learned like, I guess there's an appropriate way to get out of bed in the morning. I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but apparently he was getting out of bed wrong. So Mm -hmm. recently I was learning exactly how I should get out of bed in the morning. I mean, like no one stops to teach people that until you've hurt your back. And then you're learning that when you wake up in the morning and you're dreading the day anyway, you also got out of bed the wrong way. Yes. I mean, one of the most common things I hear that I try not to laugh at is 
man, I, I woke up this way. Like I, I got out of bed this morning and, and my neck or man, my shoulder, I got out of bed this morning. And it's gotten to the point where those clients that are established clients in my business, I just fully look at them with a smirk on my face. And I was like, man, sleep is starting to become one of the most dangerous things (laughs) because ideally sleep is supposed to be restful and restorative. And it's when your body does all of the fine tuning that it's not able to do during the day. Yet 70% of people that come into me, existing clients or new clients, nine times out of 10 will say that something started when they got out of bed in the morning. And I'm starting to think that maybe I need to start taking a lot of caffeine or speed to stay awake. Maybe we shouldn't be sleeping. This should be a public service announcement. Um, (laughs) Because it's becoming so pervasive that people are coming in and they're like, God, I woke up and I just, ah, this crick in my neck. And I, I, you know, I could barely drive into work, which let's not get into that. That's a whole other concerning thing with people not being able to turn their head while driving. But right. Um, What's interesting is your body is sleeping. It's completely at rest. So you're laying down, not unless you're someone that likes to sleep in some other position, which is fine. Um, And there's no gravitational load on your body. So when we're sitting, when we're standing and going about our day, Although I barely passed physics in high school, there is a gravitational load that comes down in our body. And that is huge during the day. But when you're sleeping, you're horizontal and you're lying on a surface that is essentially supporting you. You're not having to really engage anything. You're just lying there as a lump. So because your body isn't having to resist anything, if something is already brewing beneath the surface and has been, Mm. a lot of times your body will seize the opportunity of sleep and rest to bring that issue to the surface so that upon waking the following morning, it finally gets your attention that, hey, maybe I should address this. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't only happen physically. It also happens mentally. People wake up in a bad mood. Yeah. I feel like that's your body's time yeah. to kind of digest what's happened, not only emotionally, but now you're saying it also happens physically, which makes complete sense. Yes. Yes. Because too many people are coming in and they're like, you know, I, I, I don't know if I haven't read the information about sleep just being this dangerous or I've missed the <laughs> Fox News report. Like, I don't know, but um, sleep is known to be restorative. It's in you know, when you, when you start taking science classes, they call it rest and digest. Like that's when your body is doing a lot of internal working. It's, it's known to be very healing and cathartic and more times than not people come into me and they're like, yeah, I just woke up this way. Like I've got no idea. And I'm thinking, I don't know if that's necessarily the way it's, yeah, like that's just not, typical physiology the way I learned it like that really kind of shouldn't be the case like if anything you should wake up and you should feel like a million bucks considering um you Hmm. shouldn't feel like you just got you know beat over the head or the shoulder or the arm with a two by four in your sleep um I just always assumed waking up me or my ex-husband kicking me I just assumed I mean you know and I mean sometimes it is but even 
but even then it's like you'd be surprised like when your body is completely at rest it's it can tolerate a lot and has a pretty high threshold so if you're waking up with a crick in your neck upon your eyes just becoming wide open chances are if you were to really sit and think about it you've kind of had a nagging pain or a twinge or a discomfort in that same area for days if not weeks and now your body's finally said screw you we're done got it so then for women who are doing a million different things right we're trying to get enough sleep now apparently i'm trying to sleep correctly which is now going to stress me out to make sure i'm sleeping right um it was at first just enough time but now i actually have to do it correctly which is important you don't have to do it correctly you just gotta just don't worry about doing it correctly there's not a wrong or a right way you just need to get good sleep go to bed all right i can do that go to bed (laughs) break it down for me simplistically (laughs) there you go for busy women i mean you're one of them too and we're amongst a million of them as a Mm -hmm. lmt like what are two key things that we really need to focus on, right? Because there's a million, drink enough water, make sure you get exercise, get a good night's sleep, you know, make sure you feed your kids and they're dressed, right? Like all these things are trying to do, but in the spare second that we have, whether we're driving or if we're cooking, like what are two key things that we can really try and focus on that isn't going to require a ton of brain energy and effort on our part, but will make a huge difference? Hmm. I can think of two things off the top of my head, but I cannot guarantee that they won't require a lot of brain energy. I can think of two things. Um, squeeze your ass. Squeeze my ass and, or my ass? No, squeeze your ass, squeeze your dairy air, and keep my your shit tight, meaning keep your abs tight. Um, people's glutes. I'm going to get really anatomic. Your glute muscles and your core muscles are the two things that are most commonly neglected. The two things that people have the most misinformation about in terms of um, finding stuff and articles and exercises and research online or in magazines or whatever. Um, If there are two things that a busy person, especially a busy woman, were to focus on, it would be learning how to engage your core correctly and making sure that you can squeeze your ass cheeks. Because believe it or not, a lot of... Wasn't it just supposed to be Kegels, Kegels? I don't even remember how to pronounce them. That's how much I really do those. Kegels. That's That's your pelvic floor. That is actually a part of your core. Oh, so then I have been working my core in the instances when I do those things I don't know how to pronounce. Kegels, yes. <laughs> most most people don't understand. Like if you if we use the analogy of a house, your core at its roof is your diaphragm, which for those of you that don't know is going to be situated right underneath your rib cage. That arc of your rib cage, that diaphragm is going to like nicely sit in there. Um at your foundation of your core, that's your pelvic floor. Men and women both have a pelvic floor. It's a muscular sling. If we didn't have it, our bladders and a lot of other guts would fall out. Um, And then the walls of that house is everything. It's 360 degrees. It's the four layers of your abs, the four to five layers of your back muscles. And so it becomes this kind of oval 
oblong sack of muscle. And there's a couple, there's two main layers. Some people will call it like your deep core and your superficial core. Um, and, but essentially it goes from your diaphragm to your pelvic floor and then it wraps around 360 degrees. And that even includes your glute muscles because our pelvis is our center of gravity. And so a lot of things that we do during the day kind of come from our hips. Um, so it's not efficient enough to say, oh, well, I can just tighten my stomach. You have to know how to do it. And women that have had multiple kids, women that have had C-sections, um, it really disrupts the way your brain then learns how to re-communicate with those muscles. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't speak to this, but from what I've heard, it doesn't, everything doesn't go back to the way it was. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> if you're, if you're right, if your body is not going back to the way that it was pre-kids, you at least can make sure that your brain um, can still learn how to communicate with those muscles. Because as long as that can happen, then you're good. I mean, I, people, people say to me all the time, well, I don't have a core. And I'm like, well, that's not true. Because, like, if you walked in here, you have a core. You'd collapse if you didn't have one. Right. Well, I can't find it. There's too much fat over it. And I was like, I don't give a shit what's over it. You know, you can have, like, you know, a million fluffernutters over what you consider your six-pack abs. <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. As long as your brain can find that muscle and turn, turn the switch on, that's all that needs to happen. Anything outside of that is just aesthetics and diet, which I can't speak to. So as long as your brain can turn it on, you're good. doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. doesn't matter how much you love it or you hate it. doesn't matter how fluffy it is or how hard it is. As long as your body can use it, you're good. doesn't so matter. We got to keep it tight. You've got to keep it tight and you got to squeeze your ass cheeks. I can squeeze yeah. my ass cheeks. I can do that. Yeah, but can you squeeze can you squeeze your right one and then your left one like separate it? I'm giving it a go. Actually, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. So Does here's it, the thing. Uh-oh. Do, do, like, do I need to be able to play a song with my ass cheeks individually? <laughs> no. No, but some people like usually when I see people they're lying they're lying on their stomach, right? So you don't have anything like you don't have a surface that you're sitting on. So it becomes really, really hard. And usually that's people that can't squeeze their cheeks. I give them an exercise and I say, you know, you're going to do this when you're lying on your stomach. You're going to do this when you're sitting down and you're going to do this when you're lying on your back. And nine times out of 10, they come back to me and they say that two out of the three, and it's different for everybody, was really, really easy, but one of them was hard. And a lot of times people end up saying that the one that they can do all of them Usually it's either laying on their stomach is hard or laying on their, or standing up is hard. Most people can, can do it when they're sitting down because okay. there's a surface and that, and, that, and that surface gives you a little bit of feedback um, and it lets you know that you're actually contracting the muscles that you need to contract. But a lot of people, because we sit all day, there's a lot of people out there that like their butts asleep. It's like they call it, some people call it like glute amnesia. Like your, your ass is asleep. Oh, see, I, always, I always say I'm contributing to the flat butt syndrome. If I've been sitting too long and it feels like 
blah. Yeah. <laughs> blah. Well, that's why I, like, have blah, no, you... I have a sit down, stand up desk. One of those ones where I can just rise and stand and that way I can get off my butt. You got to get off the butt. You got to get off your keister. No bueno. Keep it tight. No bueno. Tapping into that Spanish from Mercy. That's good. <laughs> I am tapping into that Spanish. I remember a few key things. You, know, you, you want to get up. You want to, you know, it's, you know, you're washing dishes, you're doing laundry, you're cooking at the stove. It's like, you know, you're standing in line at the store. Um, you're sitting down anywhere. Like anytime you're in your car, like, you know, squeeze your ass cheeks. You know, you're driving like any, I tell people, anytime it comes into your mind, squeeze it, squeeze your butt, tighten your, you know, tighten your stomach. Um, you know, when you're in for your stomach, you want to act like you're going to get sucker punched. You know, like if a friend was standing in front of you and was going to like quickly sucker punch you, you would just instinctively tighten. And that's essentially what you want to do. You don't want to like push your belly out. You don't want to suck it all the way in. You're stiffening it. And that it's like the best back brace you have on the market. We all have it. It's free. I feel like this is a whole other Every topic, but when you said squeeze yeah, the core so that like if, if you were to punch me, I felt like I had to pee. <laughs> so that's like, well, I mean, that's, that's where you make a doctor's appointment, you know, that's like that. That's because two kids later, that's what happens. <laughs> well, two, yeah, two kids later. And, you know, and again, and that's some of it though, is you'd be surprised maybe for you or for other women out there or people out there. It's not, um, it becomes, your body has an inability to choreograph that dance. I mean, when your brain is like working muscles, it's a dance. And so when you've had an injury or you've gone through childbirth, which is traumatic to the human body, your brain doesn't talk to those muscles the same way. And that's just a given. Right. Unless you work at it, unless you help it to. So the goal would be that you know, over a period of time, once you kind of said, hey, when we do this, you do this, you're not going to feel like you're going to pee because, you know, at our age, it's not really like a, it's not really a sexy thing. You don't want to be standing in line at the store and, oh, <laughs> but I'm keeping great, it great opportunity. <laughs> this is a great opportunity to keep my shit tight. And then you've got, you know, tears streaming down your legs. I mean, I guess it's, you know, to each their own. But. <laughs> at least I'm at the store. I can swing by and get the Depends. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. You know, aisle three blue light special, perhaps, you know. Well, you never know. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time and insight today. I know that uh, I'm going to focus on sleeping better um, and not there you go sleep for any aches and pains I have. I'm going to squeeze my there you go. ass like crazy. Um, and also focus on squeezing my core and not pain. So I have a lot of work to do. Um, you have a lot of work to do, but you're okay. You can do it. I got it. Feel free to get in touch with Monique. Uh, she's on Instagram and Facebook on Instagram. You can get her at therapeutic directions and on Facebook it's therapeutic directions, rock R O C. Um, so thanks again for your time, Monique. Thank you so much, Sheena. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. 
Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.